You're listening to Seed of the Woman, a podcast dedicated to telling the grandest story of all and to exposing the mystery of 666. Randall Gilmore here. In this episode, I'm going to move on in Revelation 13 to take a closer look at the beast out of the earth, who becomes an advocate and enforcer for the beast out of the sea. And since this is the part of the story that reveals the tie between 666, the political, economic, and religious system of the beast out of the sea, I'm also going to share the reason why one well-known Bible teacher, one who only recently passed away, but who believed in a pre-tribulational rapture, why he wrote that Christians should try to understand the mystery of 666 now, before the beast out of the sea and the beast out of the earth make themselves known. Now, before I get started, I want to let you know I've included a couple of links in the description for this episode to resources hosted on the Seed of the Woman page of the Gospel Story Arc website. One of the resources is a graphic related to a point I'll make later in the episode. If it will help you to visualize what I have to say, then by all means, go to gospelstoryarc.org to see or download the graphic. You won't have to give your email, it'll just be there for you. And that's the way we do things at the Gospel Story Arc Project. We make resources available to anyone who wants to better tell who Jesus is using the science of story. After all, it's your story too. I'll take a quick break and return in just a moment with more on Revelation 13's Beast Out of the Earth and the ties to 666. Here's Revelation 13, starting with verse 6. Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, and it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence, and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast, whose mortal wound was healed. It performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. And by the signs that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast, so that the image of the beast might even speak, and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. Also, it causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark, that is, the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. So, the second beast, the beast out of the earth, comes onto the scene as a kind of public relations advocate for the beast out of the sea, closely aligning with him and with the political, economic, and religious system he leads. 
And like the beast out of the sea, the beast out of the earth is described as having horns, but only two as opposed to ten. And there appears to be only one head instead of seven. But the lack of horns and heads does not make the beast out of the earth any less of a threat. So I just read, he exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence, or in other words, on its behalf. But the beast out of the earth also represents the dragon, since that's the manner of his speaking. And this could be why the beast out of the earth is called the false prophet elsewhere in Revelation. And that's an interesting designation, because throughout the scriptures, prophets are tasked with speaking for God. But as people listened, they were expected to apply certain tests to discern who was speaking presumptuously, or worse yet, lying, and not a true prophet at all. One of the tests involved the performance of miraculous signs. Miraculous signs were never intended to simply wow the crowd. They were always meant to point beyond themselves, to authenticate a prophet's claim that he or she was speaking for God. However, miraculous signs were not the only test, because miraculous signs could be faked, using spiritual power associated with the devil. One well-known example of this was when Pharaoh's wise men, his sorcerers and magicians in Exodus 7, turned their staffs into serpents, imitating by Satan's power what Moses did by God's power. So miraculous signs were not the only test, because they can be used by Satan's agents to counter the truthful claims of true prophets. The goal is to deceive people and lead them to believe whatever lie is being told. And that's the goal of the beast out of the earth. And God allows him to perform some amazing signs. He makes fire come down from heaven, something Elijah, a true prophet, did in a confrontation with the prophets of Baal. And his miraculous powers, that is the miraculous powers of the beast out of the earth, don't stop there. He also makes an image of the beast out of the sea and somehow gives breath to it to cause it to speak and to cause people to worship it. And by the way, giving life to man-made images dates back to ancient Egypt, to a special branch of pagan magic called theurgy, involving pagan magicians performing certain rituals to animate mummies, to make the mummies speak oracles from the spirit world. So the beast out of the earth clearly involves himself in some type of religious paganism. And this involvement, featuring those miraculous signs he performs, and his designation as the false prophet, prompt many to believe that the beast out of the earth will rise to his position from among the ranks of organized religion that's fallen into apostasy. But the beast out of the earth will also involve himself in the political and economic system of the beast out of the sea. And this is where the mark comes in, and the mystery of 666. Once again, here's Revelation 13, verse 16. It causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark. That is the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom, but the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. Now, all of this is why I call the beast out of the earth an advocate, an enforcer for the beast out of the sea, and the political, economic, and religious system he forms, using Satan's power and throne and great authority to dominate the world at the end of the age.
And I'll have much more to say in future episodes about the implications of all of this to world government, world currency, and to joining all religions into one. Meanwhile, some may ask, why should we be concerned about these things now? It's a good question, because if none of this happens until long after the beginning of the final seven years, or not even until the last half of the final seven years, as I've showed in previous episodes, what warrant is there for Christians living today to take an interest in the mystery of 666? And that brings us to the Bible teacher I mentioned at the beginning of this episode. His name is Henry Morris. Many will recognize Dr. Morris's name in connection with the Institute for Creation Research, an organization that he founded in 1970 to conduct research on matters of creation science, but also to provide training in Christian apologetics. Now, Morris passed away in 2006, but not before leaving a rich legacy of insight into the scriptures and into the biblical basis of modern science. And the reason I'm mentioning him now is because of this legacy. Back in the 1980s, Morris wrote a scientific and devotional commentary on the book of Revelation, entitled The Revelation Record. And in the Revelation Record, Morris lays out a warrant for Christians taking interest now in the mystery of 666, even if they subscribed, as he did, to a pre-tribulational rapture. And remember, believing in a pre-tribulational rapture simply means believing that Jesus will return in the air to take his church out of the world just prior to the beginning of the final seven years. So Morris answers the question, why should Christians living now take an interest in the mystery of 666? Before the start of the final seven years, and the rise of the beasts out of the sea and out of the earth. And here's what Morris says. Long before the actual kingdom of the Antichrist is set up, anti-Christian doctrines will have taken deadly toll even among true believers. Now let me stop here for a second to say that in Henry Morris's thinking, Antichrist is another name for the beast out of the sea. So let me repeat this. Long before the actual kingdom of the Antichrist is set up, anti-Christian doctrines will have taken deadly toll even among true believers. Forewarned is forearmed, however, so that if his true character could be recognized and exposed before he actually comes to power, much harm to Christ's churches can be prevented. Hence, here is wisdom for Christians to recognize the beast before the world does. And again, that's from the Revelation record. Now, Morris actually devotes several pages of the Revelation record to a discussion of 666. However, the course he recommends for Christians to become forearmed, as he puts it, involves their focusing on the gematria of the beast's name. Gematria, remember, assigns numbers to each letter of the alphabet so that it's possible to calculate the numerical value of a word, or in this case, the name, the name of the beast. Revelation 13, verses 17 through 18, indicate that the number of the name of the beast is 666. So Morris argues that Christians should know about gematria and that they should use gematria to calculate the number of the name of anyone who rises to leadership in the world, with the possibility of identifying the beast out of the sea well before he makes his deal with the devil and completes his rise to power. By doing this, Morris argues, Christians will avoid getting caught up in any deception that the beast fosters on the world. Now, in this podcast, I'm advocating for the very same equipping for Christians everywhere as we approach the end of the age. 
And like Henry Morris, I want Christians to avoid getting caught up into the deception that the beast and his system will someday force onto the world. But I don't recommend gematria as the only, or even as the first, means for understanding 666 and its influence in the world. And one reason why, as I've said in the past, is because gematria isn't an exact science. I'll have more to say about the use of numbers in the Bible and in paganism in future episodes. And what I'll have to share is an important part of understanding Scripture. But that doesn't mean the gematria of names should be the primary means for calculating 666. Even Henry Morris admits in the Revelation record that it's possible for the letters in someone's name to add up to 666, even though they are not the beast. In fact, Morris estimates that about one in every 10,000 names contain letters that add up to 666. So with a world population of 8 billion people, the number of possible candidates for the beast out of the sea would be too numerous to track. But there's something else. And the best way I can explain this is to ask you to imagine three circles, all of them containing content related to 666. Now, the first circle is simply marked 666 as the number of the beast. But next, imagine a second circle that contains all the people in the world whose names add up to 666. And finally, a third circle, one containing a list of beliefs, values, and practices associated with 666 through the corruption that I've been talking about since this podcast began. Now, here's where the graphic I mentioned at the beginning of the episode might come in handy. Imagine arranging the three circles to form a Venn diagram, a visual, that is, showing where the content of each of the circles overlaps. The portion showing where the first two circles overlap would be extremely small, since there will ever only be one person whose name is actually intended to identify him as the beast out of the sea. But the diagram will show that circles one and three overlap at every point because the values, beliefs, and practices associated with 666 through the corruption are the same as those on display in the political, economic, and religious system of the beast. All this is to say that Henry Morris was right to advise believers to make an effort to calculate the number of the beast, even if we do believe the rapture will take place prior to the start of the final seven years. But it's also to say that better than calculating the gematria of the names of various world leaders, our priority should be uncovering the beliefs, values, and practices that the number 666 points to, and to make the connection between 666 and the entire political, economic, and religious system of the beast, including its origin, its development, its values, beliefs, and practices, its other symbols, and ultimately, its ties to the beginning, middle, and end of Satan's counter-story, all of which we're doing in this podcast. Meanwhile, other questions remain. What exactly is it about the number 666 that makes it a symbol of the beast out of the sea and his political, economic, and religious system? And why will this system be attractive to so many? And what steps is the world taking now to make itself ready for the beast? More next time on Seed of the Woman.